0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to
2: whoop. Have you gotten Rommel yet?
0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, lots and lots of sports going on time, postseason basketball time, baseball heading into SEC play time. But we're talking football right now time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Friday afternoon. You may notice that I am not in uh, Tampa right now, uh, home of the SEC basketball tournament this year. Normally, it's going to be Nashville for the next several years again, but it's taken a detour uh, to Tampa this year. Grant Ramey, uh, of course, is down there for us at GoVols 24 7. I am not down there. I suppose the uh, the cat's out of the bag a little bit on why, <clears throat> excuse me, I've not been traveling as much the past few months. Uh, I went ahead and said last week that my uh, my son, who just turned three months old, is having uh, surgery on uh, his kidney next week, the first of a couple of surgeries that he's going to have to have. So, uh, in order to not get him COVID and not be uh, push back that surgery a couple months, which a COVID diagnosis would do. I am uh, been staying in town a lot, not doing as much traveling. But but have no fear. Uh, Grant is is covering things for us at uh, the SEC tournament. He'll have tons of coverage through there all week, and we we might even do a podcast with him, uh, speaking with him down there if we can get him away from the arena and the swimming pool, where I'm sure he's getting his tan on down there in downtown Tampa. Uh, lots and lots of things uh, to discuss in this episode really quickly, because what we're doing primarily is we are going to give you an exclusive interview with Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel that co-workers Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan procured earlier this week. Uh, we've had tons of coverage on the site about it, tons of good stuff in there. Uh, before that, though, just a couple of quick updates. Obviously, Tennessee uh, does start the SEC tournament, uh, its portion of the SEC tournament, Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern against uh, Mississippi State, which uh, upset South Carolina last night. Uh, been, been a kind of an interesting day. Uh, already in the SEC tournament. Uh, as, as I'm writing this, it's just about halftime there in the LSU-Arkansas game. But uh, interestingly, uh, top-seeded Auburn, uh, coached by Bruce Pearl, goes out uh, to Texas A&M there uh, earlier in the day, in the first quarterfinal of the day. So the top seed is out. Uh, so the, the top part of the bracket uh, getting to the final will be either uh, LSU-Arkansas or Texas A&M. And, of course, then there's the whole bottom half of the bracket uh, where Kentucky, the the three seed, will be playing 11 seed Vanderbilt, uh, which had an upset over Alabama, interestingly, on Thursday. And then, of course, in the game y'all are most interested in, Tennessee will be playing Mississippi State. And the winner of those two games from tonight will play tomorrow – in a, uh, in, a, in a semifinal. So that's what's going on down there. Lots of stuff going on with Tennessee baseball, too. The Vols uh, rank third nationally. Of course, anywhere from third to, like, 10th or 11th, depending on which poll you use. There's lots of different polls there. Um, but right now, Tennessee and College Baseball News uh, is ranked third. The Vols are up 8-2 to two as I am recording this uh, on Rhode Island, uh, playing a doubleheader against the Rams on Friday because we're gonna, apparently going to go from 68 degrees to like six inches of snow at the snap of a finger because I guess the end times are upon us. Uh, But so they're going to play a doubleheader on Friday against Rhode Island. Uh, I would imagine they'll take care of business. Rhode Island's not very good. Uh, And then they'll play the the Rams again on Sunday. And then uh, there's one more midweek game next week before the Vols open SEC play against South Carolina next weekend at Lindsey Nelson with lots and lots of stuff going on there. But we are primarily primarily covering football uh, in this episode. Uh, as I just mentioned a minute ago, Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan were able to uh, sit down uh, and speak with Josh Heupel about lots of interesting things. Uh, you know, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback coming back for his senior season, big news there. Uh, lots and lots of stuff to talk about, new wide receivers coach, uh, some new potential plans for alternate uniforms again. I know that always gets people going. Uh, how how Josh Heupel is adapting to his kind of second season in Knoxville. Is he getting more comfortable? How are things going for him in that way? Uh, Does he feel more settled? Uh, Do you ever feel settled when you're coaching football at a place like Tennessee? Lots and lots of good stuff to discuss there. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to go ahead and play you the first part of this interview that uh, that, uh, I say we, and by we I mean Go Vols 24-7 because it was Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan, who sat down uh, just, uh, just I believe, yesterday on Thursday with Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel.
3: Just uh, looking back on, on your first year, if you had to pick a favorite moment from your first 12 months at Tennessee, what, what, what stands out to you?
2: Um... <clears throat> Uh, On the field, uh, I mean, you probably go back to uh, the way we played, competed, and finished uh, the Kentucky game, Um, you know, the the excitement that uh, the players had and I think in some ways the belief, uh, the locker room, the energy, it's the way that it uh, it should be all the time uh, here. And and, uh, so that was a a great moment. Um, You know, I I think uh, outside of that, um, you know, Probably go back to like some of our, our team bonding experiences and just the the you know difference in culture from when I got here, all the unknowns, the uncertainties, not having those types of relationships, trying to build something to you know some of the things that we did in the summer and just truly uh, enjoying uh, each other. I, th- I thought that was a, a really unique uh, time and just you know a change and shift in culture.
3: You talked about the uncertainty going into your first spring. There's nothing but unknowns, right? <laughs> going into this spring. I'm sure there's still a lot of unknowns, a lot of things you're, you're waiting to find out. But you just know your roster so much better. You know the culture, how different, or, or how can you put into words just the difference in this time, this year, to this time of year. Yeah, the
2: the the hard thing and the great thing about college football is that your roster is constantly turning over. You know, and and uh, you got guys that uh, are graduating. You know, moving on to the NFL, moving on a professional career. Um, And uh, it provides opportunity uh, in leadership roles, uh, changing, uh, you know, your role on the field on Saturdays. Um, So that's the the great thing and the tough thing. So there's always uncertainty in college football as you get to this time of the year and how you're going to continue to develop until you get to, to kickoff um completely different than a year ago. A year ago, uh they were still getting to know me, I was still getting to know them. They didn't understand the expectations. There was nervous energy in everything that they were doing every single day um because of the unknowns. What was practice going to be like? What was meetings going to be like? Um you know, what was going to happen on a great play? What was going to happen on a tough play? How were you going to get coached? You know, and all of those things. And um uh, from us as coaches we don 't know who these players are. How are they going to respond to good and bad and how are they going to take coaching? how are they going to take correction? how are they going to improve and uh, Now you just have so much of a different understanding of, of who each other uh, are and and the expectations and understanding what 's coming around the corner they know exactly what it 's going to be like and and uh, it 's unique and just you know my wife and I were talking a, a couple of nights ago, and you know for her that 's you know around here occasionally but not all day, every day, um, just her interactions with the players and truly being connected and knowing who they are. And it's just so different than it was a year ago.
4: After more than a year here, you know, any first year coach will tell you, you know, hey, unless you're coming off a championship season, like, hey, I wouldn't be here if, if everything was perfect. So now that you've got a better understanding of kind of every facet of the program, what things when you got here were, were maybe better than you thought they would be? Which things were maybe bigger challenges than you thought they would be about this job?
2: You know, I chose to come here uh, because of the iconic logo, the, the his, history of this program, success on the field, NFL uh, draft picks, um, the ability to compete and chase uh, championships, the resources that I thought were here. Um, all, of those, all of those things are true, um, in a lot of ways better than I anticipated. Uh, the fan base, the excitement, um, you know, them truly being engaged in everything that's going on 365 days out of the year. Like, I want to be – I wanted to be somewhere like that. It's it's rare that you have those opportunities. And, and uh, you know, for me as a competitor and coming in here, driving in, and seeing Volnay being walking into that stadium, uh, you could sense and see all of those things. I think the thing that's, like, most striking is just, like um, – for me, now, inside of this community, the positivity and the energy that's here, um, how many former VFLs are still in the area inside of our border, inside of this state and uh, you know, how, um, how much they want to be connected uh, to the program. I, I think that's you know something that we can create a lot of power in and, and change the landscape of recruiting inside of this state and in our, inside of our footprint in a really dramatically uh, dramatic way if we can capitalize on all those things and, and tie you know our current players um, you know success on the field our donors and our VFLs uh, all, all pulling the rope the same way I, I think that's got a chance to be really unique the other thing just you know outside of you know the scope of football I knew this would be a great place for outdoor living and, and a great place for kids to, to to be raised. But I think this is, you know, the unknown that this is a great college city. Uh, in this in this um, conference, this is a unique place to come play football. There's real personal professional uh, development opportunities here with the number of businesses that are here. You know, it's close to a million people when you look at the entire footprint uh, with the the places that are connected to, to Knoxville on the outside. Um, there's real culture uh, here, and, and uh, it's a really great place to live and a great place to be a, a student-athlete.
4: As you look ahead to year two, you've done this before as a head coach, you've done it as an assistant as well. What's maybe more, is, is year two easier because you've already got that foundation laid, or is there is there an additional challenge that comes with year two because... You know everybody everyone kind of naturally maybe buys in a little bit in year one which is easier and and what are the unique challenges that come with year two
2: there's nothing easy in college sports if you think something's going to happen just because it's year two um you're you're being completely uh foolish um every year is different you reset a year ago um you know we recognized the outside noise uncertainty inside of the, the program um, the way that we approach accountability and connection, the way we uh, went about our task every single day and continued to grow, you know, through off-season strength and conditioning into uh, the second phase, second quarter of spring ball and our summer workouts, how we approach all those things let us go play at a really high level for a majority of the season. Not that we played perfect, but we competed extremely hard. We grew every single week. But last fall was the first time that any of the outside noise had a chance to see who and what we were. And you define yourself by those habits every single day. There's more positive uh, energy and, and noise surrounding our program than there was a year ago. None of that has any bearing on what's going to happen uh, next fall. And so be consistent in who we are. I think you know, through the course of the season, our players learned how to handle the ups and downs. They learned how to strain and compete. They learned how to reset week to week, quarter to quarter, play to play. And uh, I love what we're doing here. In year two, uh, the challenges that we're facing inside of our program are different than they were in year one. They should be. You should have a year of growth. Um, but there's still challenges and there's still growth that's got to happen for us to climb the mountain.
3: I think one thing you guys did that was really important in the first year was sort of establish that foundation of that culture, uh, as you say, who and what we're going to be. Uh, as you did that, have you seen that pay dividends already this year before you, you, you get to the, even the practice field? How have you seen that pay off?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Our guys are, are living the right, not perfect, <laughs> they're still 18-22. to but. <laughs> A majority of the time, man, they are like, they're doing what's right in the classroom, socially, uh, on the football field, meetings, workouts, man. Like, And now it's just, you know, the constant learning how to compete at your absolute highest level, um, being one degree better than, uh, than you were typically, that, that difference in, in uh, intentional, in, uh, in your focus of how you're preparing and working. That's been a huge part of our growth. We still spend every Wednesday learning how to, to communicate and developing leadership uh, traits. I think that's a constant evolution and growth inside of your program. Unique this year that we incorporated you know, our leadership council, but then we, we put a young uh, shadow group uh, right behind them and, and incorporated them into some of those roles so that we're developing some young guys inside of our program too. Uh, it's been a great off season, man. They got great command and understanding of what we're doing. Uh, they're helping and teaching each other. We've developed a, an attitude and a work ethic of, of going above and beyond, which you have to, man. Everybody's working eight hours a week during this time of year, 20 hours a week during the season. You got to separate yourself. And, and uh, you know, we work out in the mornings. You know, our guys are coming back and eating dinner at night. And the amount of guys that are doing extra in the indoor every single night—it's. It, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to see.
3: You touched on that leadership aspect, obviously, last season. You had that, that small but very, I would say, influential group of seniors that, that are moving on. Was that something that you and the staff identified going into this off season that you know, we need to sort of fill that leadership void? And, and you mentioned having the council and then getting some younger players in there. Is that, was that something that was intentional to try to help fill that void for you? Yeah, parents? it's
2: something that's going to be intentional for us every single year, um, you know, along my stops, just – have complained and, and said, Man, we don't have the leadership that we need. You gotta give them opportunities to lead and you gotta give them opportunities to fail in it and then grow from it and then continue to take more ownership in it. And, and so we'll always have that be a, an integral part of, of who we are as, as a football program. <clears throat> I think it's different now because there's more guys that are wanting to step into those roles um the young group that's come in has some of those traits too um it's a program where uh young guys can get up and and speak and and speak from their heart and give uh give truths positive and negative and the old guys read you know, receive that in a really unique way, too. And so um, I just think we have a much more connected football team, old to young, and uh, offense to defense special teams and uh, continue to grow in the right way.
4: You touched on it there. The new, uh, Some of the young guys, you've got a big group of newcomers. uh seems like some guys that might be you know, foundational players for you for the next few years moving forward. What, what have you seen from that group so far? I know they haven't had an actual practice yet, but uh, in terms of just buying into the culture and everything, how have they done so far? Yeah,
2: for sure. You always want to keep adding pieces that are going to be foundational pieces to your program as, as you move forward. Uh, 14 guys that have handled the transition into college football, as well as any group that, that I've been around that's, you know, getting up, going to class, it's eating, it's going to the training room, it's being at meetings on time, workouts on time and just competing extremely hard Uh, love what they've done the first seven weeks as we transition into spring ball i think for where they're at in our program they have a good understanding of of what we're going to be doing when we get out on the uh, on the practice field they're going to make a lot of mistakes Um, how they react to those things uh, will be critical to their continued growth we kind of break spring ball down into into thirds you know first five second five third five practices as much as anything, just want to see them continue to grow day-to-day, take coaching, um, compete extremely hard, and, uh, and grow during those, uh, those different segments of, of spring ball. Um, talented group, uh, physically uh, gifted, um, what they've done uh, in movement uh, on the grass with us. You can see that, uh, that there's some talent there. Uh, can't wait to, to get some pads on and, and go see them play football.
4: You have several of them here for for a few bowl practices. How much, realistically, will that benefit them when they get out there this spring? You think that's a big deal or... or you we no, probably make too big a deal
2: of it. No, I think uh, the, it serves a, a couple of purposes. When you get to the football side of it uh, in spring ball, uh, I think there's an ease and a comfort for them where they've already gone through that transition of, man, I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going, and what it's going to look like. They know those pieces, and so they're more at ease as they get out on the practice field and are able to just go compete and not have so much nervous energy um, built up in, inside of them. I think the other thing that the, the ball preparation does is it changes their focus and their intentionality when they come back into your program in January. They've been on the grass, they've seen the speed of the game, they understand that there's a lot of work that's got to go into them achieving the things, the goals and aspirations that they have in, in their mind, um, and they come in very intentional in the way that they've worked. I think that's a piece to the puzzle of why this group has, has uh, you know, transitioned into, into college life so well.
3: Jordan Phillips College. He you got know, like half a spring worth of practicing, yeah. didn't he?
2: Jordan had more practices and bowl <laughs> preparation than any uh, recruit I've ever had in my career. It was uh, it was awesome.
3: Just a couple of uh, housekeeping things. Uh. They announced this week there's not going to be the traditional spring game. I know coaches have different opinions on, on the spring games, but sort of a big deal for fans. Just your, your thoughts on not being able to have that afternoon that sort of showcase with your team?
2: that's it's a big deal for this football coach too. Uh, I, I love spring games. Uh, I think it's really important, and, and uh, it's a great opportunity for young guys to get out in front of a big crowd, uh, feel that energy, go out and have to compete in front of, of eyes, and, and uh, it's their first time to understand the importance of what's going to happen uh, next fall. Uh, i hate that we're not able to do that at the same time i'm so excited about the projects that we have going on the renovations to Nealon stadium our fans are going to love what's going on inside of that it's a huge piece of recruiting you know the expansion and uh, transition of some of the current facilities here in the charlie anderson uh, training facility are going to be just absolutely world-class as good as it gets and uh you know our recruits are (laughs) very excited about what's going to happen there and uh, to see the dirt moving and and know that uh, this thing's you know you know 13 14 months away is uh, really exciting uh, for everybody inside the program Um, you know for us practices we try to get as many eyes out there and create that energy and and competition uh, as we can Uh, I hate that we're not gonna have a true spring game uh, but looking forward to being able to bring in a bunch of recruits throughout the uh, the course of spring ball
0: was the first part of our interview with Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel, co-workers Patrick Brown, and Ryan Callahan sitting down with Tennessee's football coach, and we're going to get to the second half of that interview really quickly, Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to step away for just a second, uh, pay some bills, listen to products, ad services, and other fun things here on the GoVols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money!
5: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash
0: recommend today. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the GoBoss 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard from a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Friday. Uh, Mid-afternoon, I suppose we'll call it Friday mid-afternoon, talking lots of Tennessee stuff on this episode, but primarily talking Tennessee football after coworkers Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan sat down on Thursday with Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel. Lots and lots of interesting stuff that came up in the first part of that interview. Lots and lots of interesting stuff that's going to come from the second part of that interview, too. Uh, But before we get to all that, just a quick reminder, guys, uh, or a quick request, uh, I should say. If you could take about, let's say, uh, a minute out of your day. Uh, right now. And and you could just go in there really quickly and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. That would help us out a lot. Uh, If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There is no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us the most is if you go in there and Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this very Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. It's no skin off our backs, no problem at all. Uh, But we really do ask that you rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us add more wolves to this wolf pack as we've done consistently since we started this thing years ago. If you're already doing that, thank you. If not, go yourself. That's the motto, and I know some people don't like it, but... That's honestly – that. that's not my problem. I guess it is my problem technically, um, but I'm going to say it's not my problem and I'm going to stick with that. So please, please go do those things. Anyways, lots more to get back to here uh, in the second part of our interview uh, with Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel. This is Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan from Go Vols 24-7 sitting down with the Vols football coach, and we're going to get back to it right now. Here is Tennessee football coach
3: Josh Heupel. You brought several coaches with you from UCF, so continuity on, on particularly on the offensive side, is something that I think you clearly value. How much was that important going into looking for Cody's replacement, and sort of how did you sort of circle back to, to Kelsey and making and determining that he was the guy to, to take that role?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, for, for me as a head coach and and uh, and leading this program, it's always about finding the right guy, um, the the best person for this job, and that means a great mentor a great leader uh, someone that's going to be able to uh, build uh, relationships i think that's really important for guys in the room hugely important in recruiting as well and then a guy can that can actually help them grow and become the best version of themselves as a player and as a person but as a player too um to 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 be able to continually build that room uh, i think you got to recruit at a really high level and then you got to develop at a really high level um kelsey's somebody that uh you know the different jobs that we've had at wide receiver over the last couple of years have been able to interview a, a, a bunch of guys Kelsey uh, is striking in the way that he presents himself uh, when you have him in an interview process uh, did it a couple of years ago did this past year um, when we transitioned here from from UCF um, Kelsey was the first call that, that I made or that we made uh, to start filling some of the uh, uh, off the field roles um, what he did in the, the last year uh, with relationships with players, um, you know, helping uh, us grow as an offense, his command of what we're doing, uh, who he is as a teacher, uh, it really was uh, absolutely the right fit. I uh, knew that as soon as I talked to Cody, and Cody was going to have an opportunity to interview with the Saints. My mind immediately went to Kelsey. In fairness to this program, always want to make sure that we're thorough in the process. And that's why we did what we did. But uh, you can tell by the response of our players and our coaches that everybody in here knows that he's the right guy for the job.
3: Everybody saw the, the players sort of mob him when you introduced him. I, I guess, did you have any players that came to you and, and sort of vouched for him?
2: Yeah. Uh, as soon as I talked to a couple of the guys before we went into the wide receiver room uh, with Cody and, and told them that Cody was going to ha- uh, you know, have an opportunity to move on to the next level his name came out of their mouths immediately um, and uh, you always want to respect that at the same time uh, it's my job to make sure we hire the right guy and go through the process and, and uh, you know once we went through it it was absolutely clear that there's no doubt he was the right
3: guy. He's obviously not been an assistant coach at this level so recruiting in the SEC you know, from the outside looking in looks like a big maybe jump for him what gives you confidence that he can step into that seamlessly and, and succeed at this
2: level yeah because uh first of all he's extremely hardworking. uh he's great at developing relationships if you combine those two things that's what recruiting is uh he'll na- navigate the waters inside of this league uh, extremely well we're gonna be able to get kids on campus um because of who he is and what we do offensively and because of, of the power team man and uh once you get him on campus and he'll be able to show them how he's going to help them develop um, there's no question that he's going to be able to recruit at an elite level. Um, and all you got to do is look at the guys that played for him. Look at Bayless and look at Sed, and, uh, and see what he was a part of ha- helping uh, build here. He was instrumental in that. And uh, the love and the respect that they have for him is, is, uh, is unquestionable. And, and uh, you put somebody like that in that position, you know he's going to succeed.
4: Continuity? Did that factor into that decision at all? And, and and how do you obviously only one assistant changing hands after year one? Is that how big is that for you? Do you value continuity as as, as much as any anything in coaching, or how important is that for
2: your program? Yeah, continuity is an added benefit uh, when it's the right person, um, and uh, I think that's what we have uh, in Kelsey. He's the right guy for the job. No questions asked um that's whether he was in the building or not uh obviously there's knowns because he is in the building of of who he is and how he's going to function and operate and and, uh and be a part of this coaching staff team and work with our players um, but uh, the added piece absolutely is continuity. And uh, I think you know, as we continue to grow as a program, uh, we'll ultimately lose guys at some point. Um, I want to make it extremely difficult, and it is extremely difficult to leave here for lateral moves. Guys are going to get coordinator jobs. Guys are going to get head jobs. A guy might have an aspiration to coach in the NFL and be able to, to move like Cody did. I think that speaks really highly of what we're doing inside of this program. Um, But the power of the T, the resources that we have, the culture that we're building with our team, but the culture that we have inside of our staff, our staff wives, um, all of that uh, makes it an extremely difficult place to leave. And as we continue to grow, that continuity can help us continue to make major leaps and and gain a lot of ground as uh, as we go from year to year. Last
4: year you had a lot of, uh, I guess you you had maybe out of necessity, a lot of guys you added via the transfer portal. I know every, the transfer portal has been kind of a uh, learn-as-you-go type thing for everyone throughout college football, I think. As you go into year two, has, has what you're looking for in the transfer portal changed at all or, or is it a little bit different this year as you look to maybe fill some additional spots this spring?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's an opportunity uh, to patch, grow, and, and uh, add – uh, good players to to your roster. I think you got to be very mindful and, and understand what uh, goods you're you're buying in some way, uh, for lack of a better term to, or way to phrase it. Um, you know, for us, uh, a year ago coming out of spring ball, uh, we had major depth issues uh, inside of our program on the defensive side of the ball, uh, in particular. Uh, even though we needed to develop depth on both sides, uh, we were able to add some pieces that played huge dividends for us uh, a year ago. Uh, some of those pieces were one-year guys that are no longer here. Uh, some of those pieces are, are still here. Um, as we get through spring ball and on the back side of this, uh, we'll continue to reevaluate our roster and see where uh, we need uh, to upgrade and have depth. Um, some young guys, maybe a one-year guy, but uh, a guy that's going to fit into the Tennessee program and uh, have an opportunity to help us win games.
3: As uh, as you and your staff went back and, and poured through last season and looked over it, yep. what are some things uh, in each phase—offense, defense, and special teams—that that you guys have identified as okay? We really need to, to fix these things and address these things if we're going to take sort of the next step. And,
2: how long is this see, podcast? <laughs> how long you need to <laughs> be? Okay, no, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of things that uh, that we got to get better on. Um, Ultimately, you're going to be different year to year because of your personnel. At this point in the year, you're trying to anticipate what you think your personnel may be and, and things that you need to add to continue to put them in positions of success. Uh, you know. Um, uh, offensively, it, it starts with you know what your quarterback's good and comfortable with, and what things you need to help him grow offensively. O line, how you know what can you and anticipate things that you're going to need to be able to block, and you know defensively, um, you know what's your front look like, who are your your secondary personnel, and and how do you tie all three levels in together, and you know you know ways that we need to be better from third down defense to get off the field, the red zone uh, defense, offensively. You know, third medium was an issue uh, for us. How do we continue to protect better and, and tie in and create more explosive plays? And so, you know, special teams, our return games, there were a lot of uh, really positive things. There some things in our cover units that we can continue to uh, get better at. But the great thing about you know this first quarter is you're developing your personnel, and, and we feel like we're continuing to, to develop the guys that have been here. We've added guys that we feel like have an opportunity to make an impact inside of our program. Now you get a chance for 15 days to go out on the field and, and uh, see it play out and, and compete at a really high level.
3: I think during your your first year, you, you made a point to not, as you put, not put a ceiling on, on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you move into year two. Um, Do you put more of a defined goal obviously with with success comes greater expectations I know you and your players are are day to day focusing one day at a time but do you put a more defined goal out there Uh, maybe you did your first year when there were a lot of unknowns and and you were just trying to keep it positive
2: yeah I don't think we'll ever say hey you know this should be an 8 win season or a 10 win season or a 12 win season Uh, at the end of the day um, we got great competitors in the room uh, coaches and players there's not a, uh, a Monday through Friday, where we're, not that we were perfect, where we didn't prepare, and, and by the time we got to kickoff, feel like we were in a position to go win this game if we do the things that we needed to. Uh, for the most part, that kind of played out on Saturdays. We had an opportunity to win games. We're in a race against ourselves. we we got to continue to focus on today and, and make those strides and improvements. Um, the expectations outside of the building are going to continue to increase. That's exactly why I'm here, and our players came here because they want to play in the biggest and best games and go win them. Um, you know, uh, you know, for us as, as, a, as a staff and players, I do think we just got to focus on, on the day-to-day and, and uh, be intentional in that, but uh, certainly uh, the expectations are high.
4: Um, one thing that seems a little trivial to ask when you have a game on Saturday, maybe th- this is a better time for it. Um, your your alternate uniforms this past year were pretty popular, it seems yeah. like. A lot of recruits still take pictures in them. Yeah, for um, sure. But I know supply chain issues also, you know, kind of affected those a little bit at the time. Will we see any tweaks? Will you stick with the black look and maybe make some adjustments there? Will we see it back in the the same iteration, or will the next time we see an alternate uniform be a little bit different?
2: Um, I I think recruits absolutely love uh, the alternate uniforms. Not that they don't love the orange and the white, because everybody does. Um, I think we've got a, a classic uniform that's as good as there is in college football. Our players love the classic uniform, too. They like the occasional twist uh last year uh, the only thing we were able to get done was the uh the dark mode uh just because of supply chains and that type of thing um we'll see what happens when we get to kickoff next year
3: my last question are, are you sleeping any better knowing that Hendon is back <laughs> i know there was a little bit of time back in december where he was going through the process and- Obviously, that leaves. Him, if he would left, I'd leave. You know, a big question mark that you guys have to worry about
2: now. You don't I never about. have a problem sleeping. Uh, <laughs> when my head hits a pillow, I'm out pretty quick. Uh, I'm just not getting enough of it. Uh, having him back, uh, I think, gives us. Uh, you know great hope and optimism uh, that you have somebody that's got great command of what you're doing offensively his leadership and his command with our football team is really important too he is an energy giver inside of the building um and uh he cares deeply about his teammates i think that's a trait that's really important uh, at that position that that the players around him know that man he loves them and what he's trying to do is, is for those guys. And, and uh, looking forward to, to having him back, getting a chance to continue to grow and develop. There's a lot of things that he's been working on. Um, his best football is ahead of him. Uh, we need to help him get uh, get there as fast as possible next fall.
4: Well, one last thing I wanted to ask. This job seems very demanding, I guess, from the outside looking in. Uh, I would imagine a lot, even to a greater extent maybe than, than other, other programs in the, at the division I level, What's this past year been like for you? Uh, and how has, it, how has it changed you? How have you maybe developed throughout the past year? Uh,
2: you constantly grow and learn as, as a, uh, a head football coach, but as a leader, I, th- I think, in anything in business. Uh, you're constantly evolving in how you communicate and organizationally. Uh, you know, year one here, um, the timing of when we took over, you're really missing almost two months of, of work and foundational pieces in recruiting in getting uh, your organization in place and and, uh, your systems uh, for the spring. Um, In some ways, we were way behind. Uh, There's not a staff that I've ever been a part of that worked as hard as uh, our staff did in year one, Uh, essentially trying to put 12 months of work into 10 months. And and, uh, proud of what they did on the field, relationships with players, uh, recruiting, um, we got a long ways to continue to grow and to develop and, and to be our best. I love these guys that they come in and they want to improve in everything that we're doing year one from year two. They're not taking anything from grad- granted. Our players aren't either. Um, there's been opportunity in February uh, in particular because of, of uh, no recruits being on campus where um, for the first time in a long time they got a chance to catch their breath. I did too and, and just uh, and be a, a husband and a dad for a little bit too.
4: You said you sleep well. Do you sleep less these days at a place like this?
2: I do not sleep enough. I can promise yeah. you that. But uh, I, I do not have a problem sleeping. Thank you. All
4: right.
2: Awesome. Thank you, guys.
0: That was Go Twenty Four Sevens. 24-7's Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan speaking with Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel. And if I can find that button, that should about wrap us up for this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening. Hope, uh, hope you all stay safe out there, locals, uh, if there's some – Some bad weather coming in, some snow. Hopefully everybody handles all that all right. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed, nothing else, you can get that At twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 and get tons of content there all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious, pure, delicious, distilled East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water right from the tap, go get that at govals247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, basketball, baseball. Uh, recruiting in all three sports, recruiting in football, basketball, and baseball, tons and tons of stuff. Got Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius round the clock, doing covering Lady Vols like nobody else does. Award-winning Maria Cornelius covering all things Lady Vols for us. Big tournament coming up for them here uh, in the next week as well. Lots of stuff there. Got all kinds of stuff. And you got access to two forms that run round the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with hundreds and thousands of Tennessee fans all across the world. Pretty much every area code or every area code. That'd be a lot. Every time zone, no matter what time of day it is somebody. And usually one of us who, who runs the site is there on there talking Vols, sec, tons of stuff, life, just as long as it's not politics or religious in nature. We got all of that plus access to one of the best databases you will ever find. All of that, all of it, for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven day free trial, that's all it costs. And if you pay us that rate, which again is very, very reasonable. We will give you for free, in perpetuity, access to Paramount Plus, a growing behemoth of a streaming platform from the CBS Viacom family, which has everything CBS has ever done. Commercial free. Every show. Lots of new movies, fresh movies, Hollywood movies, classic movies. All of that. You get exclusive shows like Picard, Evil, Star Trek, Mayor of Kingstown, 1883. All of those. All of them. All of them. Again, for free free also access to the vaults of uh, mtv bet comedy central nickelodeon smithsonian something for everybody in the family that's a 100 plus dollar annual value that we give you for free so we are giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for about a 100 bucks a year and nobody else can do that but us guys if there's no big breaking news you should hear from us here in the next couple of days or so until then uh be safe uh, certainly uh, thoughts, all those things out to the people of Ukraine and Eastern Europe. Lots and lots of horrible stuff over there. Uh, hope for the best there. Hope that hopefully our world will will stop messing itself into oblivion. Hopefully we can find some basic human empathy for each other, which we don't have enough of in this world. Be good to each other. Shouldn't be that hard. See you in a couple of days. Be good. Later.
5: Okay. Picture this.